and welcome to Hello Human, a podcast to explore ideas and feature humans working in AI and technology. Max Vicino, the Director for AI, IoT, and Automation at Avanade, joins us today on the Hello Human podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in artificial intelligence and how it's being applied in the real world. I'm John Nisley, the host of Hello Human and a longtime technologist helping companies adopt and utilize emerging digital solutions. Big thanks to Fortress IQ for sponsoring the program, and be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we are digging into citizen services powered by AI. The technology's enormous disruptive potential is not limited to the private sector. Citizen services powered by AI and machine learning can help make welfare payments, speed immigration decisions, detect fraud, improve veterans' care, and much more. While interest is high, achieving results at scale is a challenge. A recent Microsoft study found that two-thirds of public sector organizations saw AI as a digital priority, yet only 4% have been able to scale outcomes, creating a still massive opportunity for achieving transformative results. We are fortunate to have a real industry leader give us his perspective and insight on the exciting uses and future of AI for citizen services. Welcome to the program, Max. Thanks for joining us on Hello Human and bringing your knowledge and expertise to the program. To get us started, can you give us a little background on Avanade for those unfamiliar with the company? I know it started as a joint venture between Accenture and Microsoft years ago, but I'm sure there is much more to the story. Absolutely. John, appreciate you having me on the podcast today and, and really looking forward to the discussion. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I work for a company called Avanade. Uh, they were created back in 2000 by two really industry giants, Accenture and Microsoft, uh, with the goal to deliver innovative services and solutions to enterprises worldwide using the Microsoft platform. Today, we provide these services across a number of industries and sectors and even have a global solution area focused on data and AI. And that's where my focus area is as well. So as you said, I, I lead AI, IoT, and intelligent automation. And you know, really for this discussion, looking to drill into public sector and public services in the new and upcoming innovations in that space. Well, that's great. You really get to bring sort of the world-class technology with the world-class services and, and bring them together in a nice package. How about just a little bit of background on, on your path to your current role, Max? Absolutely. So I've been at Avanade for a decent amount of time now. I've started off actually as an analyst focus on development, so application development and systems engineering, and was able to move into different roles and take on different opportunities and, and really find my niche in intelligent automation, but also in AI and IoT, which is where I focus today. And along my journey, I've also been able to look across and, and work uh, in different territories, so in, in a global sense, as well as in Europe, and now focus more on North America in the Northeast. So been very fortunate to uh, to do that. And Avanade's sort of given me that platform to expand my career and to really grow. That's great. You're one of those, you know, rare breed of consultants who can actually do the work too, which I truly appreciate. You know, if, if you couldn't tell, I'm stoked about today's conversation. I live in the DC area and obviously the government is a big influence locally. As I think you're aware, I actually spent some time not too long ago in the public sector I supported the GSA's RPA program, as well as the Defense Department's Joint AI Center in helping to get their business process transformation mission off the ground. You know, to help give us a baseline for our discussion today, how would you describe the current state of AI adoption in the public sector? And, you know, as we've seen in the public sector, has the pandemic sort of served as that accelerator for adopting AI technologies? 
Absolutely, John. So I think the pandemic has accelerated the pace of AI adoption across several industries, really forcing organizations to rethink the way they work. And the public sector is no different. So, you know, citizens are expecting their governments not only to provide information and services that keep them safe and healthy during a crisis like we've seen, but also really for them to implement flexible and longer term enhancements to build that road for recovery and resilience in the future. And even more so, citizens around the world are demanding you know, almost the same level of service from our governments as they see in the private sector, such as greater transparency, innovative ways of approaching problems, personalized interactions, and, and, and the list goes on. And I, I read recently a study done by Accenture that showed, I think, over 80% of people expect the same or higher quality from their government services, digital services, I should say, as they do from commercial organizations. But yet a large portion of those government officials believe that organizations' digital capabilities are behind those of the private sector, which is, is super interesting to see the differences there. Now, you know, to your question, if, if I look at AI acceleration and during the pandemic, you know, what are some of the main reasons? You know, I'd first say the influx of work. So employees we've seen are just burdened with manual and document-driven processes. And, and to be fair, are working remotely mainly, but are being overworked. There's also budget constraints in governments where we're asking them to do more with less and doing things like new and innovative solutions and services can be quite challenging. And then lastly, citizens are looking again to be swift and seamless and interact with their digital public services, both to use technology in their daily life and improve that experience, but also to align with the commercial organizations in order to address those challenges. So we're seeing AI being used to help solve some of those challenges and, and it's being used widely, I would say across, you know, postal, safety and justice, education services, and, and really much more. Yeah, that's great. And I, I think, you know, you touched on sort of the, the citizen experience that digital provides. I think there's also the, the employee experience side of it as well. I can remember when I was doing my my stint in the public sector that there was one, I'll, I'll say unnamed agency. I don't know if I can name them or not. Um, so I'll leave them unnamed. But, you know, the fact was, I think they had their current, you know, employee base that was eligible for retirement was, I think, like 60, 65 percent in the next two years. And, you know, obviously not all those people are going to leave the day one that they have that opportunity. But, uh, you know, just having that ability on the digital side to support using their this technology, you know, their sort of continuation of, of service and, and allowing people to, you know, do more with less. I think that plays into the uh, the adoption of this technology as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it, it'll affect and it does affect, you know, the citizens, the employees and, and you know, the businesses. So, so uh, you know, I, I think the, you know, I make the assumption that the, the bulk of activity is taking place at the federal level. You know, I don't want to don't want to ignore the, the state local level either. Are there some cases where states are, are using this technology in, in novel ways? I would guess in in some instances, you know, state local organizations have a bit more flexibility to experiment with technology. So, yes, John, absolutely. So we're definitely seeing more and more activity taking place at the state and local level. One example that I was looking into recently was in Denver, Colorado, where they leverage progressive testing and new ways of using technology to improve services, not only for residents, but for businesses and visitors as well, looking at data and AI to create a smart and connected city. 
Now, some of these programs included things like connected mobility for fleet and freight management to optimize travel times, as well as connected citizens, where they were looking at testing automated pedestrian detection and notification technology for safety, which would really allow, let's just say, the walk signs to be extended if someone needs a little bit more time to cross the street. So again, thinking about the citizen safety as well as the business and residential aspects of a smart city. And I think that's just one example, but we'll see more and more of those roll out to state and the local level. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fascinating example of the you know sort of local community being the the incubator of innovation. What would you say are the the top three opportunities for AI to impact citizen services in the next you know call it three, five, seven years? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And John, you know, I think there's many, but in a broad sense, you know, AI adopted in the short term will will really provide public service organizations the ability to improve the the quality of service offered, both as we said in in the employee and the citizen uh, satisfaction and experience. If we look at three examples that have high impact and, and opportunity, I think first is the ability to improve operational efficiency. So looking at things like leveraging digital workers that augment the human workforce, allowing these public organizations to do more with less. And again, leveraging these digital workers to help reduce the amount of manual and mundane tasks that are linked to things like employee churn, as well as allowing public service employees to focus on higher value work. You know, example of this is is something we've seen in postal or mail service organizations where digital workers can be used for things like automating mail classification, routing, delivery management logistics, and the list goes on. Secondly, I would say creating, again, a positive experience for citizens, leveraging data-driven insights and personalization. One thing we've seen during the pandemic being widely used is conversational AI and chatbots, and they're proven vital in terms of providing information on demand in a personalized fashion. So again, we can think of chatbots being used for COVID-related questions in Q&A, as well as unemployment services and support across the public sector. And I I think we'll see more in that space. And then lastly, again, we touched on it earlier, but leveraging AI at scale with cloud and IoT to create things like smart cities and, and buildings and infrastructure will be a huge opportunity area. And we think of things like connected sensors optimizing travel times, increasing safety, as well as improving overall infrastructure, not only for cities, again, but for buildings and and even for our individual homes would definitely be a growth area that I'm seeing. Yeah, I love the concept of smart cities. And it really combines this, you know, ecosystem of technologies around AI and and IoT and automation and and just sort of information aggregation, which, which is so critical. You know, for listeners of the podcast, they know I tend to take the more utopian view, but you know, I also don't want to ignore the challenges that technology faces. You know, looking at the the other side of the coin, what are what are the you know big challenges that may slow the adoption of, of AI in the public sector over the coming years? Yeah, so in in no particular order, I think there's really three main threats, and and some of these may come to uh, come to folks as a surprise. But you know, one is data uh, and how data is leveraged. The other is you know the AI ecosystem, and then also legacy culture in the public sector. So you know, starting with data, you know, data is really the you know if we take an analogy, it's really the fuel that powers the AI engine, and you know, not being able to unlock that data or implement, you know, clear data governance in an organization is 
basically like having your car run on empty. And in order to fix this, it's key, again, to understand the data, implement clear data governance processes, not only uh, individually, but across the enterprise, and then also look to manage, evolve, and take advantage of that uh, data to drive AI at scale. In addition to data, there's also the data and AI skills that are in high demand. So public agencies are going to have to fight against the private sector and private agencies and organizations to find highly skilled data and AI folks. And that could definitely be challenging. So looking at things like contracting or consulting or other outlets is absolutely something that you know, the public sector will need to do. The other piece of the puzzle here and another threat is around AI environment. So unlike, let's just say, the cloud landscape, which has a handful of large heavy hitters and players, you know, AI has those as well with, with Microsoft and so on. But there's also tons and tons of smaller niche players and being able to select and choose and, and determine what's the right AI provider and platform for, for your organization is going to be a challenge. And understanding and learning the capabilities in that space is, again, something that will potentially hinder adoption. And lastly, as I mentioned, you know, legacy culture. So what we've seen in the, in the public service and public sector has traditionally been somewhat siloed uh, in terms of digital transformation, a little bit less agile, maybe risk adverse, which would make the adoption of AI an uphill battle. So something we'll, we'll need to look into as well. That's great, Max. I, I appreciate keeping us you know, honest on on the challenges being faced. And I think that you know a lot of those are the same challenges being faced in the the private sector as well. Obviously, with the the skill gap and the, the we had a recent episode on the great resignation uh, going on as well that that uh, companies are are challenged with in in the talent sector. You know, the the I love the term the missing middle that often gets used to describe AI use in government. You know, there are a number of very advanced programs on one end, and then there's a lot of emerging prototype programs on the other end, uh, you know, but there's this missing element that if we could fill that gap, uh, you know, we, we drive a lot more value from AI. Um, you know, how do we close that gap and, and really drive more applied AI programs in the public sector? Yeah, so John, I, I think, you know, AI really, you know, as we know, can't support a one-size-fits-all approach and whether it's advanced or emerging, I believe we can start to fill that gap by achieving the full potential of the missing middle, as you said, or you know, what I think of as the intersection of human and machines and government by leveraging you know, our advanced human skill sets. So we think about complex reasoning, creativity, social emotion to train, explain, and, and really maintain these machines. But then on the flip side, use the intelligent tech like AI to augment, amplify, and interact with humans. So as an example of this, you know, again, back to, let's say, conversational AI and, and chatbots, uh, in order to develop that platform, you know, government departments or organization, it, it'll, it, it'll require humans to train the AI systems on how to identify complexities of human communication. But once the bot's developed, that bot will then in turn be able to help uh, the humans and the, and the employees with, you know, picking up things like spikes in demand and the unfavorable conditions and, and Q&A and other things that will be then supported on, on the tech side of things. So, you know, in short, driving human and machine collaboration or creating that somewhat symbiotic relationship between humans and machines will just get us closer to accelerating AI programs and closer to that missing middle, as you mentioned. Max, I've got one final topic to pick your brain on. Ethical AI, you know, comes up more and more in conversations these days. 
In your view, what's the impact of ethics and explainable AI in the public sector? Is this an area where, you know, the public sector can be leading the private sector? Absolutely, John. So, you know, ethical AI, obviously, as you said, is, is an important topic and one we've seen widely in the ecosystem. In all organizations, it's a key to drive ethical values and, and apply those not just at a high level, but really in the design, development, and implementation of your AI platforms to ensure you know, they're being respectful of the citizens and the social responsibility. You know, although it's rare that a company would purposely use tech for, let's just say, evil, you know, there are a few cases of missteps and misuse in the news that we see that we need to get in front of, uh, and public services organizations can really do that by clearly understanding what they have today, their infrastructure, and how it's affecting personal, societal, and even environmental systems today. And, and once they understand what they have, they will then be able to build out that robust AI ethical framework, as well as a culture for really AI ethics and strategy that can be deployed across their organization based on their employee needs. So, you know, I, I can think of this as, you know, most employees should be educated on AI ethics and guiding principles and, and even ethical risks, but the AI practitioners and developers would need more granular guidance on how they can help understand the impact of things like explainable AI models and, and how their teams can build internal tools and data aggregation, even testing of AI models to keep their core AI values in mind while identifying opportunities for good and accurate ethical decisions. So I think, uh, again, it's going to be at a granular level for some folks and across organization for others, and definitely something we'll see more and more of. That's great insight, Max, and a great point to end on. To recap today's conversation with Max Vicino, Avanade's Director for AI, IoT, and Automation, the societal and economic innovations driven by emerging technologies already having a real impact in the public sector. Citizen services from welfare payments and immigration decisions to veterans care and fraud detection are being powered by AI and machine learning. Just as we see in the private sector, interest is high, but scaling programs can be a challenge. Fortunately, we've got companies like Avanade bringing AI-enabled technology solutions that are delivering productivity, efficiency, and accuracy to traditionally human-centered processes. That's a wrap on today's show. Thank you, Max, for joining us and Fortress IQ for sponsoring. If you enjoyed it, be sure to give us that like or five-star review on whatever platform you're listening. I'm John Nisley, and this has been Hello Human. If you enjoyed this session, subscribe and check out our series at fortressiq.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for joining us today on Hello Human.